Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. I'm David Lally. I'm one of the producers of the show. Today's message is called Update Your Bucket List. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing this message. Yeah. You got your bucket list? I do have a bucket list. Bit dusty, though. Lunch. (laughs) (laughs) I see lunch in my future. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here, head to the control room, and give it over to the man himself. Thanks, Dahi. Well, the top of the morning to you. Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. I'm going to dive in to today's podcast. It's entitled Update Your Bucket List. And the reason I'm kind of bringing this up, people know they're out of sorts, but they don't know to what degree. And human beings are fantastic at surviving. But after a while, you want to do a bit more than just survive. A couple of years ago, we gave away this great resource, the bucket list. We encouraged everybody at Mastermind to write out a bucket list. And there's three elements to a bucket list. It's where I want to go, what I want to do, and what I want to achieve. So I'm going to say that again. Where I want to go, what I want to do, and what I want to achieve. I think this is very, 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 very important, especially right now. I have a friend who runs a counseling organization, and they're receiving 10 times the number of phone calls they normally get. I think the consequences of locking people up and whatever else, whether it was good idea, bad idea, it doesn't matter. This is what it is, and this is where we are. But I think there's some consequences. I, uh, there were some virtues that came from it, and there was also some vices that were developed. And I think the big thing is it's time to get back to doing a bit of living. And part of that is planning. And so I talked to some friends here in Canada recently, and they're just kind of bummed. Like They're like, I'm just not sure much more of this I can take. We're getting ready to go, getting ready to go, and here we go again. I talked to my friends in Ireland. I talked to family back there. I mean, people are just depressed. And they're kind of like, okay, and we're going to get through this and so on and so forth. But it's something that's out of our control. So what is in our control? Well, first and foremost, by having a bucket list, it gives you something to hope for. Hope is a very, very powerful thing. And so creating a dynamic where you have actually a chance to go develop, you know, someplace I want to go, something I want to do. And you have to be creative. So, okay, I, you know, I had tickets to Wimbledon and I had tickets to the British Open. And Wimbledon's been cancelled in regards to spectators two years in a row. So I had to figure it out. So I went back to the company we booked this thing through. And they gave me a credit. And they said, okay, you can go to the U.S. Open. You know, I've never been to the U.S. Open. And it wasn't really a goal of mine. I was like, hey, this can be kind of cool. Hey, you could go to uh, down to Palm Springs here because they have the big Palm Springs tournament there every year. I was like, okay, you know, that would be kind of fun. We'd go down there for a weekend or four days or whatever else and see them in a smaller, intimate setting. So the disappointment, I didn't get to go to Wimbledon, Okay. The other side is, you know what, go here. So I'm going to go to Miami to the tennis tournament. I'm going to Palm Springs. And I'm going to go to uh, Flushing Meadows in New York. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I, I didn't have that on my list at all. But the opportunity arose, and away we went. You know, last year, my family, we had a house in Hawaii for over 12 years. We've gone to Hawaii hundreds of times. It's our special place. And last year, wasn't a possibility. So we ended up in Lake Tahoe. We had a fantastic experience. So much so that the kids are like, hey, Dad, I think we want to go back to Tahoe. Really? Because I'm ready to book the trip over to the Big Island. They're like, "Ah, I think we want to go to Tahoe. So you know what? Out of these things, other things can develop. And so I think no matter what, no matter what your situation is, if you're in Florida and Texas and things are wide open and you're able to go, great. If you're in other places where it's more restrictive, I understand. But it's time to have something to hope for. And maybe it's not exactly what you wanted, but it could be something that you wanted. And it's a new experience, and it's a powerful thing. A great Italian proverb says, hope is the last thing ever lost. So some folks have felt like they've lost a lot during this uh, time. Hope is the last thing ever lost, okay? 
The next thing about a bucket list is it gives you something to look forward to. It gives you something to look forward to. You're now you're planning. You can make your screensaver of where you want to go or what you want to do or what you want to achieve. Maybe it's something that you wanted to go finish your degree. Maybe you wanted to learn another language. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. It gives you something to look forward to, something to achieve, something to aspire to, something out of the daily routine. And especially right now for anybody in the real estate biz, business is so chaotic. So this gives you something to look forward to. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite authors, says, there are far better things ahead than any we leave behind. And that's so true. So something to hope for, something to look forward to. And then lastly, uh, memories to make. You know, memories to make. At the end of the day, I mean, we went up to Pebble Beach and just we played three fantastic golf courses. And sure enough, Dermot, who's coming off a bad knee and this and that and the other, says, hey, do you guys want to play 36 tomorrow? And, uh, you know, I haven't played that much golf in flipping years, maybe 20 years. And this would be 90 holes in four days or something. And uh, we said, sure enough, let's go for it. And here was these four middle-aged codgers out there. And we had a blast. We had a blast. And the golf was great. And the environment was great. And the weather was great. And we played well. And we had so much fun. And it was such a rich set of memories. And already, and this is just two weeks ago, powerful, powerful stuff. Now, Brian Tracy, my good friend and mentor, says, the greatest joys of life are happy memories. Your job is to create as many of them as possible. And so I want you to go back and, and kind of revisit and update your bucket list, okay? It's powerful stuff. Andy Mineo says, it takes a moment to make memories and a lifetime to forget them. That's right. And that's those memories linger in your mind. It's like a pleasant aftertaste of, uh, you know, you have a great red wine of some sort and you have this great aftertaste, right? We had some good red wine up in Northern California, let me tell you. That's what we need to do. Where, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And what do I want to achieve? I think it's very powerful. I think we want to focus on those things and to get our head up off our circumstances onto the future, into places. Even the planning of it can be delicious. The expectation of it can be delicious and just give you that something to hope for, something to look forward to, and then memories to make. So that's a thought for you. Make your bucket list. Just start scratching it out. If you have the nice resource, that's great. Anywhere at all, you can put it in a journal and put it in a yellow pad. It doesn't matter. And then start uh, putting pictures up and put them on your screensavers and, you know, start searching for that stuff on your phones. You know how all the phones are programmed. When you start searching for stuff you want, that's all you get. So that's kind of nice if it's all that positive stuff instead of all the negative stuff that's being thrown around. So there you go. I uh, promised I wanted to get into some Q&A today. Mr. David Lally, he looks like he's been entertaining some people on the line. So Dave, tell me who do we have and what do we have? Brett Bechtel in Riverside, California. Uh, He has a question for you on investing in other states. Okay. Hello, Brett. How are you doing? Hi, Brian. You know, going back to the to the uh, investment side of things, yeah. you know, with California, they've got such restrictions and prices are so inflated. And I wonder what other places would you recommend that we review to invest in? You know, are there other states specifically? Um, our daughter moved to Tennessee. Is that a place to do it? Or <laughs> where are places that we could do this at? Great. So, Brett, great question. And obviously, a lot of people in the higher, more expensive areas are asking these questions. So a couple things real quick. First and foremost, I did a podcast, uh, which was, I, th- I think it was entitled The Single Biggest uh, Decision That'll Make You a Millionaire. And Danny will get me the number here in a minute. But it was basically this whole context of investing for appreciation or for cash flow. And what I said was, you need to pick one 
and then hope for both, right? That That's the goal. I mean, and work towards both. So the dynamic is appreciation is a game based on equity and age. So if you're 79 years of age, Brett, I would not be telling you to invest for appreciation, right? Because the days are short, shall we say. If somebody's 45 years of age, I'm like, hey, you know, this is still the time to have value go up. Now, right now, we have appreciation across the board in a very unusual way because of the nature of how the market's exploding all over the country, you know, and in North America and, you know, in Ireland, where COVID rules are ridiculously extreme, to my opinion. You have to actually have a sale agreed in order to view the property. You have to have a signed agreement that I'm going to buy this place so you can see it. So real estate's crazy all over the world. I, I would say this. If I'm looking out of the big markets where there's been appreciation in the past, your primary focus then is cash flow. So I know Tennessee very well. Okay, my wife is in the Women's Hall of Fame in Tennessee, an area that people are enjoying and going and expanding significantly. Now, I'll give you an example. A good friend of mine just sold his house in Rancho Bernardo, a real nice suburb in San Diego, and moved to Dallas. Well, he found out kind of a surprise that the property bought in Dallas, because it used to be you sold your 3,000-square-foot home in San Diego and you bought a 6,000-square-foot home in Texas for the same price. That is no longer the case. And he moved out to Texas, paid the exact same price for a house that was the exact same size he had in Rancho Bernardo. And in 30 days, he goes, man, it's kind of different here. Weather's different. I, I mean, and it's like, okay, great. I mean, I, I'm not questioning his decision. So I think the big thing is to look at those markets where there's cash flow, where there's emerging markets, especially if you look at right now. I mean, that just doesn't take a rocket scientist. And unfortunately, because everything's politicized, you know, your comments are constantly taken in the context of politics. Being Irish, I don't mind telling things the way they are. And it's very simple. If you go to states that have low tax and that are pro-growth, you are going to see more and more people migrate to those areas and you're going to see rental properties and entry-level properties continue to grow. So what are we talking about? Well, just look up the markets where there's low tax states and low regulations. And you'll see right now, all of them are expanding. And they're going to continue to expand. That's not going anywhere. So Texas and Florida, obvious. Tennessee, obvious. People are going to Idaho. People are going to Arizona from California. So that's going to be the case here for quite some time. Now, can you still make money in California? I just bought some property in California. But it was very specific in what I was doing for. So I would invest in California for appreciation. I wouldn't be investing in California for cash flow per se because there's just a lot easier places to do it. You know what I mean? I sent a friend to Indianapolis 15 years ago, and I gave him this exact conversation I'm giving you, Brett, and here's what he did. He bought 24-unit apartment building. And I said to him at the time, I said, 10 years from now, it's probably going to be worth the same amount. But I said, it's great cash flow. He put 10% down, and the property cash flowed from the first day he got it. 15 years later, the property's up about 10%, but his cash flow is very good, and he's delighted with the decision. So it was episode 36 of the Brian Buffini show, and it's called The One Decision That Makes a Millionaire. And you have to factor in your age, your cash position, how much cash flow you want, and where you want to be, and uh, that'll help you. But yeah, Tennessee, Florida, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, you go through it. You go through it, and you go see the low-tax, low-regulation states, and you'll see growth. Idaho, people are moving there. It's going to continue to happen. Great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for tuning in. Who else we got, David? 
All right, Brian, on line three, we have Madeline in Chicago. She has a question for you on uh, negotiations. And, of course, there's a couple other callers with this, some, some of the same stuff on, you know, the, the pricing structure and so on. Hello, Madeline. How are you doing? I'm good. It's snowing in Chicago. It's snowing in Chicago. It was 78 degrees here yesterday in San Diego. Okay, so whatever, it's very Brian. expensive. <laughs> it's it's very expensive, you know, but it's kind of nice. All right, my question. Um, as you obviously, the homes are going crazy, selling like yeah. crazy out in the suburbs. Not not so much in the city. Not so much downtown. Right. Of course. Uh, anyway, so my question is because I'm more of a downtown agent. Um, when you have you know so many, when you win out over so many so many offers on the table, and yours gets it. When you go into negotiation, are you finding across the board, is there such a thing as across the board of not uh, the seller holding tight and not negotiating on a lot of things? To be honest with you, this is my least favorite market I've seen in 35 years. And the reason being is as a professional, I feel your hands are more tied and represent your people than ever before. Other than the perseverance and the perkinacity you show to get them into the deal. I would just say the key gets down to really setting the expectations with your client ahead of time. You just got to let them know, look, I mean, we have a radical shortage of inventory. I showed the graph, less than a million units in the whole country. We have record low interest rates. We have a ton of money in the system. We have people who are making uncontingent offers that don't even require inspections, don't even require appraisals. They're paying money over the appraised value. They're having to beat out other people all the time. I talked to a friend the other day, and I'll just tell you what I said, which as I said, Right now, you're going to pay 10% more for a property than it's worth. And that's okay. You just got to hang on to it. So a lot of people are going, I'm just going to wait for the bubble to burst. That's the conversation now. I'm going to wait for the bubble to burst. The problem is there's no bubble coming in real estate. Now, there's other issues coming, headwinds coming to the economy based on policy. But the reason why there's no bubble is how much down payment is going on. I mean, right now, on average, we're looking at twice the size of a down payment that we were just two years ago. So you have to prep people and say, here's the deal. Right now, if you get in, it's a win. Right now, you need to know that your desire to negotiate and so on and so forth, the only negotiation is to get your offer accepted. And we're going to have to hold our nose, but ultimately you need to know that the market's going to continue to get hot and it's going to continue to stay hot. And if inflation continues, it's the only hedge against inflation. So the fact of the matter is holding a piece of real estate, a fixed asset with a fixed payment, against inflation, and inflation is here, is the only hedge against inflation. So you're winning the long-term game. And in the short term, it's like buying a car and you've asked for the floor mats and they won't give them to you. And it's not a great feeling, but you just need to know the great feeling is we got the car. And that's what really it's requiring agents to be more sophisticated in their communication about more larger scale economic issues like inflation and how a fixed asset with a fixed payment is the primary hedge against it. So I'd keep banging that drum. It's kind of frustrating for an agent. Your value right now is getting the offer accepted. Your value is not in how many different things you can shave or the physical inspections or whatever else. Sellers aren't giving much up at all. They don't have to, and they shouldn't. Okay, thank you. I wanted to say one thing, though, about your customer care. Awesome. The best in the business. I appreciate it, Madeline. You know, in many companies, Customer service is a phone tree or a robot or a this and that and the other. We've always had super talented people who know everything about every aspect of our business, and they're great people, and they are the most knowledgeable people in our whole company. They know everything that's going on. So thank you for that shout-out. 
They are the unsung heroes at Buffini and Company. I get a lot of press. Our coaches get a lot of press. But our client care department, they, they are fabulous. And thank you for that. That's very kind of you. I appreciate that. Fabulous. No, I just started with Buffini. I'm really excited. Everybody listening, go with Buffini. <laughs> you got it, girl. Have a good one. And when we get you out here to San Diego, you'll love it even more, Madeline. You'll come out and visit us. Oh, I love San Diego. Absolutely. But I need snow, too. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. You need four seasons. There's no doubt. I like to visit it. Thanks for calling in, Madeline. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Have a great day. You bet. Thanks. Bye. David, who else we got? Angie Knight in Southern California, Bryce. She's got a question about uh, whether to go Airbnb, her property, or sell it. Okay. Hey, Angie, how we doing? Good, Brian. Thank you so much. Great. What you got? I have a property that we're vacating. It's fully furnished, and it would be situated right next to an existing Airbnb that I have that does cash flow nicely. We had initially considered uh, turning this one into an Airbnb, but with the equity position that people are coming in, removal of appraisal contingencies, those sorts of things, we're seriously considering whether to sell it. What are your thoughts on those? Well, let me ask you this. What would you do with the money? Uh, Convert it into commercial property. Okay. So do you feel like the commercial property you invest in has a better rate of return than the Airbnb you have next door? Dollar for dollar, it would. Dollar for dollar? Well, there's your decision. Okay. Maybe time to sell them both. Yeah, that's a, that's an option too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you've, if you've done the analysis and it works for you and you're going to convert them that way, because here's what I like. I like the idea of having both of them as Airbnb or none of them being Airbnb. Why? Because it's a business, right? I mean, when you have a house I and mean, people think, oh, I just did an Airbnb. I mean, you, you, right? these things got to get cleaned and serviced and this and that and the other. So it's a business. And so if you have two of them, there's economies of scale. And if you have one of them and you're over here in commercial, so if I were you, if you've done the analysis and you see some opportunities out there that you're already aware of, I'd sell them both. I'd get a bigger position and take a bigger position in the commercial if that's what you want to do. Okay. All right. Very good. There you go. All right, Angie. Good luck with that. Let me know how it works out. Thanks. I'll see you at peak. Super. Yeah. Look forward to it. It's going to be a great time. All righty. You bet. Mr. Lally. Brian, Cindy Aronstam, uh, also in Southern California, she's here in San Diego. She wants to talk to you about uh, 20% over. Is it sustainable? Hey, Cindy. Hey, hey, Brian. How are you? You picked a great time to leave New York and move to San Diego, <laughs> didn't you? I, I wonder if I did. My buyer uh, just lost out 255000 over asking. Yeah, yeah. So the um, question is, how sustainable is it? We're seeing three yeah. to 400000 over asking over and over and over again. How sustainable yeah. is it? Because these are the questions I'm getting. What I'm going to suggest is you're going to see a gradual increase in inventory. Now, what's obviously fueling all of this is how low the interest rates are. But I'm going to be candid with you. I don't see interest rates going anywhere for quite a while. I don't know if I'm going to see high interest rates in my lifetime. So that's fueling it. I think sometimes it's good to take a time out, take a breath of fresh air and take a look around and see what's up. There is just so much money in the system. And one of the dynamics, we have a stock market at 33000 okay? So there's people who've put money in, who've made money, and their 401ks are in 802 right now. And so there's cash. The government is flooding the system with cash. Some businesses did very well, and obviously some businesses didn't during COVID. The dynamic is, when you talk about sustainability, the thing, like I said, I've never seen a market like this, is I've seen overbidding. I've seen crazy stuff like this before, but I've never seen it where it was this much was cash down payments. 
or, you know, like I say, double the size of a down payment. For you, the real question is, I know you're bummed trying to help your client do the best you can and you keep getting beat out. And I would just say, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is never grow weary in doing good. And just, you need to keep breathing fresh air, doing the best you can, let your clients know this this process is going to be sucky for a while. We're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep persevering and we'll try to not do anything stupid. And I think that's that's all you can do. So what's happening in San Diego is we're different. Like, so the rest of California and the people hearing about people moving, California is experiencing something different than an awful lot of the high tax, high regulation states. So we know what's going on in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and in Illinois. We know what's happening there. And so those folks are leaving for lower tax, less regulation cities and companies are doing that too. Southern California is having something weird happen, which is, for example, I just bought this property in Rancho Santa Fe and I, the backups were two New Yorkers who offered 5 million bucks, 250 grand more than I bought it for, all cash, and they'd never seen the property. They hadn't even seen it. Saw a picture of it on the internet. And they're dropping 5 million bucks. So what we have in San Diego is we have people moving down from San Francisco. We have people moving down from Silicon Valley. We have people moving in from the Northeast with big dollars. And so the San Diego and Southern California market is actually Orange County, same way, is having very different than the rest of the state of California. San Francisco market's a very different market right now than Southern Cal. So it's about supply and demand. And is it sustainable? Unfortunately, yes, it is. And so you just got to keep fighting and do the best you can. Try targeting markets yourself. I know a lot of people are trying. I may have a buyer for your home. I'm telling you it's coming. There's going to be a little bit of it bit by bit. But you say, hey, I have a buyer who's willing to pay this. Are you interested in making a move? Call me directly. And I think you'll get a few bites, okay? Thanks so much. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I appreciate Good. it. Keep fighting. All right, thanks. It's burdensome, but keep the faith, okay? You got to keep the faith for you and your client. Yeah, it's, the clients are okay. It's more I wanted to, I'm trying to answer now and getting a lot more questions of, is it a bubble? Yeah. And should they buy now? It's not a bubble if it's cash. That's all I got to say. Then it's not. All right, thanks. All right. Have great. a good one. I got time for a couple more. Well, great, Brian. Uh, we, we have a few uh, lined up for you. We have currently Olga in. She's actually one to one member from New York, and hey. she wants to talk to you about pricing projections. Sure. Hello, Olga. How are you? Hello. How are you? Whereabouts in New York are you? I am actually in Queens. Ah, all right. Queens is where my uncle Jimmy, who sponsored me to come to America, he was in a place called Belrose, and so. That's how I got my visa to come to America. So I always feel, whenever I think Queens, I think, uh, I think good thoughts. That's great stuff. So what can I help you with, Alga? I've been around for quite some time, maybe over 20 years now. And the question we have is that with all this artificial numbers going up, just because buyers are not having enough inventory and all the open houses in some pockets and areas are really having so many people in the line, and people are just offering crazy numbers and overbeating one over another just because they just want to win the property. But I feel down the road, it's a scary moment where we will be down the road maybe having buyer's remorse or maybe even, or maybe even uh, some short sales and foreclosures down the line because the taxes are projected, especially in Nassau County, to go up. And how does Brian predict uh, even hiring new clients right now? 
Do we take them still at the buyer? Do we still market them at the market value and just work with what is coming? Or do we overprice them so it's kind of like slowing things down a little bit? What is his projections and what's the best advice would be for listing, listing agents? It's a similar question to what Cindy asked. And the question is, is there a bubble? What, what we have is a spike in market that's disproportionate to, say, income levels, but not disproportionate to asset levels. So what's happening is the reason why I'm saying it's not a bubble is because people are putting so much money down. So the down payments have doubled across the U.S. and Canada from where they were just uh, 18 months ago. So just to give you some context on this, you can't foreclose on a property when the two things happen. One, there's down payment, which means there's equity. And two, there's fixed rates. The last time we had a bubble, we had people with no down payments and flexible, adjustable mortgage rates. And then on top of that, those mortgage rates were then projected and put in derivatives and then sold on the stock market. So this is a completely different kettle of fish. It is unnerving. It is difficult. Now, I will tell you that in high property tax states, that's actually the best friend you have for prices to not completely run away, okay? Because the property taxes ultimately create a ceiling for payment. Although, and and, you know, I'm the last guy in the world who's excited about high taxes of any sort, but the property taxes will ultimately create a ceiling by which people can't go past, especially if they're financing. The rates and the down payment are all cash. That creates a different dynamic. So I would say this, again, it's a similar question to what Cindy asked. Is this sustainable? Unfortunately, it is because we're living in a place that has a lot of demand. And you're in a situation where people are buying property, they're paying top dollar, the rates are low, supply is short, and that's going to continue escalating. What will ultimately create like a, imagine like, you know, in the bowling alley where they have the bumpers, the bumpers are actually the property taxes. And that's ultimately what's going to set the market in regards to affordability for people. So when they start looking at their ratios, when they start looking at what they can afford, the bumpers will actually be the property taxes. It used to always be the bumper was the payment, but that's not the case right now. So just hang in there. All of you in real estate, all of you doing the best you can. I love you guys because you're trying so hard for your customers. You want to negotiate on their behalf. And right now, the only thing you do is get them into the property. And I have a principle I call hold my nose. Like this doesn't smell good, but I'm going to hold my nose and push through. And uh, that's what you got to do. Okay. Thank you so much, guys, for everything you guys doing. This was really great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling. It's great to hear from you, Aga. All right. I got time for one more, David. All right, Brian. Line one, we have Tony Ketterling. Thanks, Tony, for being so patient and waiting on the line. He's in Salt Lake, and he's a broker with many agents, and he needs help in, uh, helping them stay the course. I know the name Tony Ketterling. I, that's, a, that's a familiar name to me. Welcome to the show, pal. Thanks. How are you doing today, Brian? Great, great. Love everything you're sharing. In fact, you're answering most of the questions. I like large broker and part-time psychiatrist is what <laughs> we have now. How, so, how many agents do you have there? Well, we have about 3,750. So wow, wow. We're growing. Our business is up this year. We're closing more transactions. But I just get a lot of agents that are that are struggling, and they just don't know, you know what to do to keep keep going. Do you have some suggestions there? 
Well, I mean, this is going to sound like the wrong question, wrong answer, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, we, I had a fairly strong feel on where the market was going last year, and I put it out there on all these Facebook Lives and whatever else. I got to say, any agent that's not firing on all cylinders, get them to take the 100 Days to Greatness. It absolutely, it's not just inspirational and motivational. It's a structure. It's something I've never had before to this degree. My son's in-laws called up and said, hey, I'm getting into real estate. And I said, great. 100 days. In 100 days, you're going you're gonna to absolutely be where you need to be. And we never had that before because it's kind of foolproof. And I would just say anyone who's struggling a bit, get them into some form of training where they can take it. I think it's great for the company that you can do, you know, check in. Hey, they can take it individually online, but then have a once a week meeting. Be the straw that stirs the drink. We have a couple of companies your size in different places who are doing this. And I just think some people are killing it right now, as you know. Some people are setting records, and there's a lot of people struggling. And they're also struggling with the pace of the market and the style of the market. They're struggling because they, some of them are used to just working with buyers, and they don't have any listings to sell. So I talked about the bucket list, you know, something to hope for, something to look forward to. That's where the training can be a big part of that. And I know you've done a lot of that in the past, but I really, uh, I'd encourage you in that. The 100 days thing is off the charts. It's the it's, uh, best thing we ever did. I think for you, you know, it's maintaining that morale and maintaining that momentum and trying to get it to everybody. And that's really the hard part. You know, it's very hard to lead people that you don't have access to. So I think, you know, continually leveraging yourself, continually putting messages out there, continually being available through like a resource like this and doing your own Zoom call and doing your own market update. I think it'd be a big deal and answering people's questions and giving them a word of encouragement. I think. Do your own little Brian Buffini thing. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. In fact, I think it's we we adopted any new agent that we hire now. Um, I won't hire them if they don't go through the hundred days to greatness. It just it's, yeah, that's I'm great. so yeah. committed to that. So I appreciate that. And hey, thanks for adding Bomb Bomb to uh, the CRM because I'm a big Bomb Bomb user. Now I can just go one place. <laughs> yep, that's right. And that's we knew that was the case for people, and we're. Like I say, we're constantly trying to get better, be better. You know, we got a nice shout out to the client care team the other today. And, uh, you know, we're working hard and, and uh, we're very, very proud to stand behind not only this industry, but people like you, Tony, and the agents you represent. You know, we, I'm very, very proud of our industry. And especially now, like the questions I get now is, how do I represent my clients better? Not how do I take better advantage and make more money? Uh, you know, which obviously everybody wants to do better. I'm very, very proud to be a part of this industry and proud of the type of people we've attracted. And obviously, you've attracted to yourself there. And congratulations. You have one of the most successful brokerages in the entire United States. It's a great testimony to you as a leader and who you are as a person. And, you know, here you are on a podcast this morning asking a question, leading by example. So congrats to you. I'm proud to have you as a client and I'm proud to have you as a, on the journey with us. And I hope we can continue to encourage those 3,750 people who are making a difference every day right there in Utah. Thanks, Brian. Can't wait to see you at peak. Yeah, it's going to be a great time, Tony. It's going to be a great time. We're going to feel normal again, you know, so it'll be great. See you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for calling in. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Well, it's been great being with everyone today. If you didn't get your question answered, just email it in and we'll get a response to you. Again, we got a lot of real estate questions today. The market's raging hot and people are working hard and they're rolling up their sleeves and serving their customers. And if you're not in real estate, but you're thinking about buying or selling a home, I think these are the kinds of people you want. So uh, you can reach out to us at Buffini Company also. And if you want to find a good realtor or a good broker, 
we can help locate one for you. So reach out to me that way too, because these are the best. They're the best people there are. They're coached. They're trained. They're skilled. They're caring. They're also into personal growth and development just like you. So they want to be the best versions of themselves. And all their concerns are not about how they're doing. All their concerns are about how you're doing as a client. So I'm proud to put my name to this community of people. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for being on Facebook Live. It's been nice to see everybody. I hope you do get a chance to do a little work on your bucket list and uh, what you want to do and where you want to go and memories to make. I had a great time being with you today. God bless you. And I'm going to leave you with a little phrase from my mother, Therese Buffini, as she sends you all off with a little Irish blessing. And for all of you on Facebook Live, we'll catch you next time. Probably see you this time next month. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Oh, 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 oh